0: yay yay hello everybody and welcome back to the brodo fantasy podcast this is part two of our week 10 extravaganza so without any further ado because we went a little long in that last one it was a little long so i hope you enjoy it so let's get it started seven games on the slate. The first game Patriots at Titans. Uh, Let's start on the Patriots side. Josh Gordon is becoming more and more a part of that offense every week. Gotta love it. I love the pass catching options in this game. And here's why the starting cornerbacks for the Titans are former Patriots and Bill Belichick knows the ins and outs of both Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler. I think they will be exposed. I love Josh Gordon, in this matchup. How are you guys feeling about Josh?
1: Uh, the Titans also give up a lot of deep plays, especially Malcolm Butler. I'm looking at you, you scrub. So definitely think the the Patriots are going to try to exploit that if Malcolm Butler is lined up against Josh Gordon at any point. But yeah, uh, Josh Gordon is a solid play this week. I agree. I have him as a wide receiver, too. also really like Julian Edelman as a high-end wide receiver, too. Logan Ryan is a solid slot receiver but julian edelman continues to be a huge part of the offense who knows if rob gronkowski is going to play again this week which leaves a bunch of targets open if he cannot go so i think gordon edelman are both great plays per usual not starting chris hogan either um the interesting thing here is if sony michelle is going to play because he hasn't played in a while
0: it looks like he has everything says he is He, he had a limited practice this week but all signs point to
1: yes yeah, all signs point to Sonny Michel making his return, and uh, it's not a great matchup for him, really, because the Titans don't give up a lot of points to opposing running backs, and as I was referencing before Michel got hurt, he's more of the early down running back with James White as the complete pass-catching back. Sonny Michel's pretty, a little bit touchdown dependent to have a big game, and probably gonna be more of the same this week and uh it's not a great matchup for him so i think he's gonna need to find the end zone but if you have him you're probably inserting him back in there and pretty happy to do so but james white is the preferred running back this week once again because he's just been an absolute monster all year long
0: he's the running back seven in half point ppr that's incredible
1: yeah he's i mean he's like their whole offense jason what do you think yeah, I guess I'll give my Patriots rundown now. Thanks for doing that, Michael. Uh, <laughs> my turn. You guys are really
0: uh, shitting on my job today. You guys are just like, yeah, okay, rundown. <laughs> you know what? Fuck uh, you
1: <laughs> Mike Clay, I believe of NFL Network, tweeted this out, and I found it hilarious and also pretty telling. The Titans have allowed an NFL of 14 touchdowns this season, 11 through the air, three on the ground. And according to PFF, Malcolm Butler has given up seven of them. That's half uh, the team's touchdowns. So he's given up,
0: and I wouldn't be surprised if they go directly at him because they have a history. Malcolm Butler, of course, like it's still a mystery why he didn't play in the Super Bowl last week uh, last year. Um, I think they go right at him. Uh, let's talk about Gronk. That, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Continue.
1: I think that uh he's been playing less. Uh, he got a Mike Rabel. Like said good stuff about him this week, but he has been playing a little less recently. And I think that uh I don't love this game for Tom Brady and the pass catchers. I, I like Josh Gordon, I like Edelman. I don't really like uh, James White, of course. I don't think it's gonna be a scoring extravaganza for the Patriots because even though that stat was told to make fun of Malcolm Butler, it's still said that the Titans have allowed the least amount of touchdowns this season. Uh Tom Brady has passed 17 points only one time on the road this season. And he's only thrown five passing touchdowns in the last four games. So I have Tom Brady's my twelfth quarterback and with that uh I'm tempering my expectations for his weapons.
0: This this has the feeling of like one of those Patriots games where they just don't they don't perform as well as they should. But I, I just think that the fact that Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler are out there, I think Tom Brady ends up having a really good game. Um Let's go to Gronk, limited in practice. Uh, even when he has been playing, he's been disappointing. Uh, Tennessee has been giving up the least amount of fantasy points at a tight end in the entire league, about six per game. So would you sit Gronk if you had a better matchup on your, on your bench? For example, like I'm just telling you right now, I have this uh, decision I have to make in one of my leagues. Do I start Vance McDonald against the Panthers who give up the most points to a tight end? On Thursday, or do I wait and see if Gronk is healthy and play him against a team that gives it the least amount of points to the tight end? Is, is there? Are you considering sitting Gronk, even if you don't have one of the major tight ends?
1: You're really on the McDonald train here this week. I'm not sitting Gronk for McDonald. Um, what I'm doing is sitting him for seven other people because I have him ranked eighth. <laughs> uh, if-
0: I'm on the McDonald train this week, man. I think I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving McDonald.
1: If you were able to pick up Jack Doyle off waivers, I'm starting him over Gronk this week. McDonald, I'm not. Yeah, uh, or like Greg Olson or David Njoku. Those guys would be okay with it. Last week, I actually played Njoku over Gronk in a league where I had both of them, and Gronk ended up not playing, so it kind of worked out for me, even though Njoku didn't have a huge game.
0: Uh, so let's go over to the Tennessee t- side then. Marcus Marietta looked great on Monday night. His hand is finally f- has a feeling in it. Um, is he a streamer option against the Pats? The Pats give up the seventh most points to fantasy QBs. I'm
1: not, not. Yeah, I'm not buying it yet. I mean the the it's a it's a short week for the Titans since they played Monday night. So a short week going against New England is not a recipe for success usually. And uh, Marcus Mariota, this is his first time he had over 20 points in I think two seasons fantasy wise. So it has not been easy sledding for them. So I don't love him this week by, by any means. QB two in a two QB league, fine, but definitely not streaming him. This guy's one good game, and now people are talking about streaming him, and they have Corey Davis back in the wide receiver 2-3 conversation. What I say to all that is, y'all's tripping. You are all Bugging it's still Marcus Mariota and Corey Davis in the Titans offense. I don't want anything to do with them. The only person I am taking a look at, Tim, doing your job again, the transitions here. I'm looking at Deion Lewis. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had a season-high 19 touches in Week 7. Then Tennessee went on a bye. And then they came out of bye, and he had a season-high 23 touches. In those games, Henry's touches, Derek, went from 14 to 8, I think, the Titans were leading towards making Dion Lewis their feature back. They went into the bye, they examined it, they decided they were going to, and then they came out of the bye, and the rest is history. Also, As we predicted all offseason and season long. Yeah, yeah also, did. Tennessee is likely to be paying from behind, and uh, Deion Lewis is the best game script running back on that team. So, he's already getting the most touches, and now he's Derrick Henry was never a threat to take carries from him when they were losing. They're going to be losing against the Patriots, so I am a big fan of Deion Lewis in this game, the only Titan that I really want to start.
0: Revenge game, too. Deion Lewis, former Patriot. Uh, yeah, they true. got rid of him when he wanted the money. He went and got the money. This is this is a revenge game, and you could, you could be a fan of the revenge game factor or not. I'm a fan of it, and I think it's going to make a difference in this one. Uh, it's Corey Davis, another 10 targets, but another disappointing performance.
1: Surprise, 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 surprise.
0: Wait, I can't wait to unveil something to you guys. I'm thinking about it right now. We've been working hard on it behind the scenes. Well, uh, Jason's been putting in a lot of effort on this one thing that he's been working on behind the scenes. We're going to unveil it to you during the offseason. But uh, um, basically, without giving up too much, it's going to be able to tell you that Corey Davis, even though he gets 10 targets, is not very valuable in fantasy. Uh, it's good, ladies and gents. That's it's all good. I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. And I'm gonna tease it at that. Uh BrotoFantasy.com to keep up with everything we're doing in the offseason as well. We are becoming a uh completely year-round fantasy football show. Uh if you guys haven't didn't know that yet. Uh so c- keep with us in the off season We will be talking fantasy football year round. So if you need your fantasy football fix or if you're in a dynasty league or something like that, um, Holler at us because we're going to be the guys to gum to. Um, what about Jonah Smith? He scored a touchdown. Any interest? No, right. No. Okay. Come on. All right. Come let's on. go. Let's go to the next game. Falcons at the Browns. Ugh. Matt Ryan did work. Fantasy-wise. Yeah, go, Matty um, Ice. Now, I'm you guys, if you listen to me on VM, if you listen to me on anything, I am not a fan of Matt Ryan's. I think he's a very average quarterback. With that being said, I think he has a good t- chance to be a quarterback top five quarterback in fantasy this week against a team that's absolutely in flux how do you feel about matt ryan
1: so the browns are more than likely going to be down at least their top four cornerbacks uh body calhoun one of their cornerbacks played safety last week because of all the injuries and that's more than likely going to happen again this week they're completely beat up on defense they've also played uh, What was it? Evan Silva tweeted about it, how like Miles Garrett has played 110 more snaps than any other defensive end, which is basically two full games, which is how often the, the Cleveland defense has been on the field this year. So they're also just pooped overall. So, I mean, I'm just completely attacking Cleveland in this game. I'm starting Julio. I'm starting Ridley as a wide receiver too. Matt Ryan as a wide, uh, QB You're one. Ridley as a wide receiver too? Yes. Two. Dude, Calvin Ridley came out of the bye last week. Oh, my goodness. He came out of the every bye and got he has nine a big targets. Game, we're going to start calling him wide receiver two again.
0: Well, it's easy when every time he has a big game is almost every
1: week. And he came. 40% of his points have come from touchdowns. Okay, okay. but the touchdowns He's are there. He came out of the bye He's last passed seven week. seven yards twice. He came out of the bye and got nine targets or six receptions and 71 yards. You don't think that has any sort of. Influence on what's going to happen. You don't think they want to get him more involved coming out of the bye? Mosta new had two targets and then five targets and two targets. He's slowly drifting out, and Calvin Ridley is getting a bigger hand in the offense. So yes, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver two for me this week. I think Ridley's a good play this week, but wide receiver two that you're implying that he should be started in eight man leagues, and I think that's absurd. You want to hear something hilarious? We both have Calvin Early ranked 22nd this week.
0: (laughs) So, you have a a wide receiver, too. So, all
1: right. Why don't you put your mouth where your mouth is? You know what? Looking at it now, with this many bye weeks, wide receiver two isn't that bold of a statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blame the bye. Blame the bye. I mean, (laughs) right after him, who do I have? Uh, Funches, DJ. Funches and d so Galladay. yeah. If Diggs and Thielen were playing this week, I'd have him as a wide receiver three.
0: Anyway. Jay, you uh, lost. Just face it. <laughs> <laughs> Julio
1: finally scored. Praise Jesus. Does he score again? Nope. No. But it's okay because he has like nine receptions for 160 yards.
0: Cleveland gives up the third most fantasy points to the running back, Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith. I think Tevin Coleman is one of the better plays we could have this
1: week. I am all over Tevin Coleman this week. Uh, Cleveland has allowed eight rushing touchdowns over the last four weeks. Uh, Coleman's 18 touches last week were the highest since week two. If you're someone a running back getting 20 touches against a team that's giving up two rushing touchdowns a game, it's someone you want.
0: The Browns have been good against the tight end. Uh, now, you take that to a grain of salt because – Have they been good against the tight end because teams have been exploiting them at the wide receiver and the slot receiver spots, or have they really just been good against the tight end? Uh, That's something that we can't tell, although their DVOA is fourth uh, against the tight end. Uh, Austin Hooper, I'm looking elsewhere. Uh, Mo Sunu, not interested. Uh, How are you guys feeling about those two guys?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm not really trusting. I guess Hooper is more of a streamer, same as Sunu. maybe a flex option shout-out to the Atlanta offensive line, though, who absolutely manhandled the Washington defensive line, which was not expected after three straight dominant run-stopping performances. Coleman and Ito basically did whatever they wanted on the ground. So if their offensive line can continue to play like that, the Atlanta offense is going to be very hard to stop.
0: Last week, Coleman, uh, Ito, and the rest of the Falcons running backs combined for over six yards of carry. Now yeah, a Ito
1: game. Smith also has four touchdowns in the last five games. So I think this will be a very Coleman uh, and Julio with some Ito mixed in type game, and Ridley as well.
0: So the Falcons add Bruce Irvin, for those who don't know, linebacker formerly of the Seahawks, formerly of the Raiders. Um, That's going to help them, but with that being said, the Falcons still have one of the worst defenses in the league, and they still struggle against the pass catcher of the backfield. Uh, Duke Johnson finally showed up. Uh, some rumors, then some reports that I was hearing was that actually one of the reasons why Hugh Jackson was fired and why Todd Haley was fired is because they just signed David—I mean David Johnson, uh, Duke Johnson—to a an extension, and he wasn't being used in the way that ownership wants to see him being used, and that led to the firing of Todd Haley. Um, I like Duke Johnson. In this matchup too, I think he's a good play. I think he's a—I think he could be on the wide receiver. I mean, on the running back to radar.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't see how you, I don't want to overreact, but if I'm a Duke Johnson owner, I don't see how you don't throw him out there as a RB2 this week. Coming off of a nine, was it nine target game, two touchdowns, and now he gets Atlanta, which is the worst defense over the last three years in defending pass catching running back. So I have him as my running back 18 this week and I'm, very happily throwing him out there. I agree. Uh, I mentioned last week as Duke Johnson was someone to watch because Freddie Kitchens was the running back coach there. Uh, he took over as offensive coordinator and immediately started using his running back as a wide receiver, just how he is supposed to be used. Uh, and the funny thing is Nick Chubb's touches went up to 23 last week, despite Duke Johnson's involvement. So this is not a mutually exclusive deal here. Uh, Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb can both get touches and be productive. With
0: that being but, said, Nick Chubb, uh, running back two this week.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, running back one possibly. We have him as our running Atlanta's back eleven a touchdown per game on the ground. Yeah, yeah and who's going to do it for Cleveland? Is Chubb. Yeah, Nick Chubb has. He's getting twenty rushes a game. He, he's one of the top rated PFF running backs. His elusive rating is top in the NFL. He's been. He's run. He runs hard. Despite the the offensive line has slacked of late, but he he's been running great. And Duke Johnson, like Jaden said, didn't really steal touches. They were drawing up plays for Duke, which was nice to see. So they could both eat. I'm gonna sound like a old like a old uh, fed up analyst, I guess here when I say this. But how can anyone be rated more? Uh, what's – well, I'm really, I'm really losing it here. Jason, you're right, man. Elusive. How can anyone be ranked more elusive than Alvin, than Alvin Kamara? Watching him play.
0: Yeah, I it it. Mm, you're right. Sometimes men lie. Wi- men lie. Women women lie. Numbers also lie when they're made by men and women.
1: Chicks think uh, stars.
0: Um, Jarvis is an every week starter. If you have him, same with David Njoku. How are you feeling about them this week?
1: Listen, Maurice Harris coming out party. Sterling Shepard, Adam Humphreys, they all put up wide receiver one or two numbers out of the slot against Atlanta. Jarvis Landry has been the most disappointing wide receiver in the NFL based off of his target share. Uh, When people with those names are torching the Atlanta defense out of the slot, you got to fire up Landry with confidence and just hope that everything comes together in one beautiful week. Yeah, I mean, Jarvis Landry, you say you'd fire him up every week. He's just – he's not been very good, though, honestly. I, I didn't say
0: you can. I said if you have him, you have been. Like we, That's what yeah. i got
1: saying. You, you, gotta, you really got to hope that he pulls through this week because this is a cakewalk. Yeah, he he's reached – he didn't reach double digits for the past five weeks, and those are some pretty solid matchups. Now he gets Atlanta. He, yeah, it's now or never for Landry in this one. It's a dream matchup. Najoku as well.
0: So if you like Nichoku and you like Landry and you like Duke Johnson, is Baker a streaming option for you this week?
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure. Michael, uh,
0: where do you guys have him ranked?
1: We he have are... him at fourteen. Yeah. Uh I like him better than Michael. I have him at thirteen, so basically I'm saying he should be the first uh you know, first guy you pick up thirteen, you know? Uh I guess if it works that way. I like him as a back end QB one. He's actually the first guy you shouldn't pick up. It's quarterback thirteen. Oh, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's by. Jason, know what what, I'm what's doing. going on with you, bro? You need. Really, I don't know. Something? I'm losing my Are you, you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> Mayfield was the quarterback thirteen against Kansas City and the quarterback six against Tampa Bay. Uh, so he's proven that he can be started in matchups like against Atlanta, and with, uh, Duke Johnson, has been a. Mayfield has been a great beneficiary of Duke Johnson. He's That's been his best target in terms of efficiency, yards, all that good stuff. He's had the most success targeting Duke Johnson, so it's better that he's more involved. So I think that with Landry having a cakewalk matchup, Duke Johnson more involved, uh, Chubb having success on the ground, I think this is definitely a week where you can start Mayfield.
0: Let's move on to our next game, Chargers at the Raiders. The Raiders absolutely gave up last game. Let's start with the Raiders since we don't have to talk about much about them. Is there anyone you're excited to start in this team?
1: Um, excited is a stretch. Uh, I think
0: Jared, Jared Cook and Jalen Richard are the only guys I'm even looking at.
1: Even Jared Cook disappointed last week. Jalen Richard is... Rashard did too. He only had four targets against the Niners.
0: Yeah. Four Who catches,
1: though. Four catches. Oh, that that four team
0: guys. gave up. They, they stopped playing after the second quarter, honestly. And, and look, are they going to quit again? Maybe you don't know, but they'll be at home this time, so maybe not. Maybe they're not as inclined to give up, but I don't know. This, I'm not, star- I, I like Jalen Richard. I feel like he has a baseline if you're in a PPR league of at least nine, ten points. If you're in a half PPR league, it's eight, seven, eight points. So if you're desperate, you could start him on your flex. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see, see anyone else though.
1: I'm gonna need to see more than four targets. Yeah, I, mean, I'm just, I think you will. If you look at this Raiders team, Doug Martin is one of the most game script-depending running backs in the league. on The worst team in the league. So that's just bad from the start. Not a good mix there. Rashard saw four targets last week. Jordy Nelson is 36 yards combined in his last three games. And guess what? I'm tired of acting like Jared Cook is a weekly tight end one because he's not. He's seen more than five targets once in the last five games and he's put up Half PPR points of 4, 2, 15, and 3 in his last four games. He's been ter- just as terrible as the rest of the Oakland offense with a couple of blow-up games here and there.
0: You know what, Jason? You, you convinced me. I don't I don't want to part Jerry Cook now. True. <laughs> real. Because like, I just picked him off off the waiver wires in one of my leagues because someone dropped him. I was like, how could they have dropped him? And I put him in last week, and he shit the bed, and... You're making great points. This entire Raiders offense can't be trusted. Uh, yeah. So let's let's go over to the an offense that absolutely can be trusted, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a dream matchup. Um, the only thing that worries me about this is that they get up so early that they just stop playing their good players. But Philip Rivers, uh, fire that guy up. Melvin Gordon came back last week and had a great game. Fire him up.
1: Um, Terrell, Tim, you say that real quick about Philip Rivers while you were on that thought. Of uh, you're scared that the Chargers hop up to a quick lead. Uh, Philip Rivers has failed to reach 17 points only one time this season, and that was against Cleveland when they beat them 38 to 14.
0: So there you go. Like so, that is a possibility that it could happen, especially when you have a duel of running backs like Melvin Gordon, and Austin Eckler. You can you can hand it off and you know run the clock out a little bit. So instead of talking about this game, because I you know what, let's talk about one thing with this game, Terrell Williams. Mike Williams, are you comfortable starting either of them? Um, I think Terrell Williams, I, I have to admit, I was wrong at that bet on Michael. Terrell Williams is the better player. Yeah. Uh, of the two, at least this year. I still like Mike, yeah. I still like Mike Williams going forward.
1: Uh, well, Terrell's going to be a free year. agent at the end of the year, so yeah, he'll have different career paths. Ooh, yo, come on. Terrell Williams to the Jets with Sam Darnold. With I'd love that. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, so let's, let's stop. Michael, put your boner away. I can see it from here. Oh, um, shit. But Ty Williams and Mike Williams, the Williams Bros, uh, how are you feeling about them in this matchup?
1: Uh, I love me some. W- yeah, go ahead. I love me some Tyra Williams this week going against Oakland. He has, yes, he has to be super efficient because he doesn't get a lot of targets, but he has been super efficient. Even the games where he, like week five, he had eight point one, which isn't like a a bad week per se. He last week. He had 9.30 and then sandwiched in between a 26.40 and a 20.80 game. So if eight is his floor, you could do worse for a wide receiver three. I think, I think
0: one one of the things that you worries you about Terrell Williams is his low floor. But as you said, the last four weeks, his floor has been decent.
1: Yeah, and he also has the huge ceiling where he could go for 25 points with two long touchdowns. And if it's going to happen, I don't see why it can't happen against the uh, – Oakland Raiders with uh, Gary and Conley and Daryl Worley. I was about to say Vance Worley, former starting pitcher. Shout out Vance Worley. Uh, they're not going to – it's not like they're great defenders. who are going to keep up with Tyrell Williams. I, I think he's going to have a very good shot of catching a long one. So I'm, I'm very happily firing him up as a wide receiver three this week.
0: So you're definitely starting the other guy. So let's talk about uh, Keenan Allen for a second. Keenan Allen, again, fails to find the end zone, but again puts up a big yardage uh, total. Six receptions for 124 yards. Uh, with Mike Williams on the outside, although he hasn't been fantasy productive, I feel like Keenan Allen's role has become more of a traditional slot receiver and less of a touchdown catcher. Um, are you concerned as a Keenan Allen owner who probably drafted him in the second round? Are, are you now like, all right, this is the Keenan Allen for sure that I'm going to, have to live with and the touchdowns are just a thing of the past.
1: Well, what you mentioned is you said, of course, he didn't score a touchdown. Of course, he put up over 100 yards. That wasn't necessarily something to bank on. He was struggling to get yards as well at points this season. I think the thing to notice here, so I was encouraged by last week's usage because he hasn't put up over 120 yards a lot this season. If you look at Keenan Allen in the past, including just last year, the second half is when he has turned it on and just been a a force. That's what's gotten him into the second round of fantasy drafts. And he just followed it up last week. Uh, He came out in the second half of the season and had his best game of the year. So I think that the touchdowns will come, even if there's not that many, even if he scores two touchdowns on the season Phillip Rivers has been so good and efficient that Allen is going to continue to be a wide receiver 1-2 just based off of yards and catches. And just history tells us that Rivers uses Allen more towards the end of the season, and Allen finds more success towards the end of the season.
0: Very true. Um, let's go to our next game, Seahawks at the Rams. Um,
1: Real quick, though. Um, Austin Eckler is a very solid flex option as well because I starting. think he's going to get... A bunch of work this yeah. weekend.
0: Yeah, definitely starting Austin. Uh, Michael, what are, you, what are you stop farting, bro? Um, there's motorcycles out there, kid. <laughs> I, I know, I'm just playing with you. All right, so let's start with the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, lost a heartbreaker uh, last week against the Chargers. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, was decent, two thirty-five, two touchdowns. Uh, if you drafted Russell Wilson you are probably not in the playoff race at this point because you probably had to get him in the fifth, sixth round and his legs are non-existent. Um, is Russell Wilson the type of guy still who you're thinking you could start every week now with he's facing the Rams who have been vulnerable to passes. So you're starting him this week with some confidence, but in terms of rest of the season, like w- what is Russell Wilson at
1: this point? Well, I mean, Russell Wilson is like a, streaming quarterback, basically. He's not someone I'm going to trust week in and week out. him as my 14th quarterback this week, so he just doesn't have the ceiling anymore in the Brian Schottenheimer offense. He He's ridiculously efficient with the plays the Seahawks are running. It's ridiculous that he's even putting up the fancy numbers that he is despite how little he's passing the ball. Yeah, I'm going to disagree just a little bit with you guys. He's been a quarterback one the last few weeks being very efficient on a few amount of passes. And then last week, he came out of the bye. Um, he had to pass more. He wasn't as efficient, but he ran for, uh, what did he run for, 40 yards? So it was great to see him use his legs again. Perhaps he's healthier now. Uh, The Rams have given up top 15 numbers to every quarterback not named C.J. Beathard since week 15. Russell Wilson is another guy that we've seen just be great in the second half of seasons. I'm I'm cool with using him this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh back into the middle range QB1 category soon.
0: What the hell are we doing with these running backs?
1: I'm um, basically if Chris Carson plays, you start him. If he doesn't, you start Mike Davis. One of them is gonna get the bulk of the carries. And Plus Seattle's that. a team that wants to run. If I am a Mike Davis owner, I am absolutely hoping that. Chris Carson can't go because Mike Davis is going to have a RB2 game, if that's the case, because he's going to get all the rushes, all the pass-catching work. He Whoever gets the start should have a very solid fantasy day.
0: Another confusing... This Seattle team is one of the more confusing fantasy teams to predict. Uh, it seems like a new... Tight end emerges for them every week. Last week it was Nick Vanette. The week before it was Ed Dixon. Everyone was on the Ed Dixon train, and all of a sudden zero for zero. And then Nick Vinette comes with six receptions for 52 yards and a touchdown. Uh, can you trust any tight ends in this in this game?
1: No, of course not. I <laughs> of mean, course, of course not. I mean, we, we watched the Jets Brian Schottenheimer offense for years not even come close to utilizing the tight end. And obviously, it's just different circumstances now, but it's not like they have a dominant tight end by any means on that roster. So uh,
0: They have been using a tight end, though. It seems like every week, either, whether it's Will Disley or Ed Dixon or Nick Vanette or... Well, like, even two weeks ago, Dixon
1: had two receptions. He just happened to catch a touchdown. Will Disley, great name that I miss saying. <laughs> uh,
0: what's his name? Country Will? Something like that, his nickname, Country Will? Um, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett. Uh, these guys seem to... They can never have a good game at the same time. Uh, last week, yeah, it was it's Doug Baldwin's they're turn. All
1: touchdown dependent. Yeah. Not necessarily Baldwin. You saw last week what happens when Tyler Lockett and David Moore don't score touchdowns. They don't put up points. So if I'm banking on one of them, it's Doug Baldwin. I actually like Baldwin this week. I've mentioned that uh, it's a good matchup for Russell Wilson. And Doug Baldwin has at least 77 yards in two of his last three games. So he's coming around a bit, slowly but surely. Uh, so, I'm cool with Baldwin this week. I think Lockett is a wide receiver three just because of the buys. You have to hope he finds the end zone, though. I'm a, I'm a lot lower on Baldwin than Jason is. Jason has my wide receiver 20. I have him at wide receiver 30. He's going against Nick Coleman, who is their best uh, cornerback on the team as of now with a key to leave out. But just because someone's the best cornerback on the team doesn't mean he's a lockdown cornerback. He's, he's a solid cornerback, though. And I mean, going to shy Cesar's away from someone because of Nicole Coleman? I'm going to shy away from him if he's been bad all season and then he also has a bad matchup, yeah. He's had at least 75 yards in the last two of the last three weeks. So I'll bet you that he's not a top 24 receiver this week. Fine. There you go.
0: Michael, you're going down your bets this week, bro.
1: Not a chance. Yeah. Um,
0: David Moore also dropped one that should have been a touchdown to end the game last week. So, uh, just putting that out there, did get a His red zone. Got tipped. It did get a red zone target though. Uh, on the other side, in one of the better games, you'll see the Rams, uh, and the saints shoot out, uh, Jared Goff. He's another guy that either gets you eight points or 27 points. I know because I start him on a semi-weekly basis in one of my leagues. Um, you're definitely starting Jared Goff with full confidence in this one.
1: Why is that?
0: Cuz I I feel like the Seahawks are are vulnerable. Here we go to this offense. Tim, here Seattle, we
1: go. Seattle actually hasn't allowed a QB1 this season. Yep, there it goes. And uh even if that wasn't the case, I've mentioned before Jared Goff is prone to these quarter uh 8 point 27 point swings. And it's all because of the red zone prowess of Todd Gurley. Yep. And uh, so it's tough to trust him in games where Gurley is going to score touchdowns. He, he scores a touchdown basically every game. But on the on golf side, because like we do have to defend him a bit, I think he's a decent play this week because he threw for 321 yards against Seattle last time they played. And that was when Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks both left with concussions. This is a so,
0: tough this is a tough matchup. Like you gotta remember the Rams always played the Seahawks tough, even when the Rams were winning three games and the Seahawks were winning thirteen. There's just something about this franchise that the Seahawks don't play Seahawk ball. So I think that this entire offense has a chance to go crazy. And I don't think this game is as close as
1: Vegas thinks it's gonna be. Yeah. What's Vegas, think, what Vegas think it's cool. gonna
0: be? Uh I think it's like a four and a half point spread, if I'm not mistaken.
1: That's too close.
0: I got it. I got to double check it, though. I, I probably checked. I maybe checked on Monday um, while I checked that Todd Gurley kind of got held in check for the first time all year. Last last year. I mean, last week, six receptions for 11 yards, uh, which is wildly inefficient. Uh, 13 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. First time that he's been held in check like that. Do you think that this is a Todd Gurley problem or do you think he just faced a good defense?
1: A Todd Gurley problem, are you kidding me? I have I'm
0: to ask my, the question one time out. Listen, I have to ask the question, guys. It's a fantasy show. Come on. He
1: played one of the best run stopping teams in the league. All right. So the best sh- actually. Shut man. your mouth. The one best. shut sh- your mouth. Sh- I'm shut just gonna mouth. I'm just gonna move this to the receivers because enough Todd Gurley talking, man. It's a beast. Uh yep. Cooper Cup came back from injury and played hundred percent of the snaps last week. Oh yeah. He has also this season. This includes – so, minus the game where he got injured in the first quarter, but including the game where he got hurt in the second quarter against Seattle, he scored at least 14.8 half PPR points in every game. The man who's a wide receiver one, ladies and gents. He's not getting enough love. I I just have to to say that because I see, like, Twitter polls and stuff. Like, people – asking for advice like who do i start this week cooper cup Corey davis it's like what do you mean
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean all i gotta say is i've been calling this from the very beginning you know what i'm saying uh i love myself with cooper cup how do you guys feel about the wide receivers in general here against a pretty good secondary
1: i mean every week i think they're all top 15 wide receivers at the moment so how do you not grade them as such
0: Oh wow! The line has moved. The Rams are actually a ten-point favorite, so they uh, the Vegas Vegas guys got it right.
1: Like Hot it. damn!
0: Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, anyone else you want to talk about in this game?
1: No, I mean, yeah. Start Tyler. Woods, start cup.
0: <laughs> Uh, start cup. Star cup. Start Cooper. Start Woods. You know, it's the Rams. Start them all.
1: Also, talking about Gurley having a down game. Uh, Malcolm Brown scored a touchdown in like his. One of his three plays where he subs in for Gurley.
0: Bang, bang. Yeah. All right. So on to the next matchup, Uh, the Dolphins take on the Packers. Uh, Let's start on the Dolphins side. Frank Gore, (laughs) 20 more carries when, you know, uh, what are they doing? Kenyon Drake's on that team. It's like they don't want to play the good players. Devontae Parker after they actually gave him a chance to do something good. Kenny Stills comes back, a clearly inferior talent, and they give him uh, the snaps that Devontae Parker should have. Devontae Parker goes one for eight. Um, Honestly, at this point, and it might seem like I'm overreacting a bit, are the Dolphins kind of in that Bills territory where you just don't want to start anyone?
1: Dude, the fact that the Bills, I mean... The Bills, the Dolphins gave Frank Gore 20 rushes and Kenny on Drake three is one of the more probably mind boggling things that at the end of the season, everyone's going to look back on and just question what happened. Cause you know, of course they, they did it in a win too. So you can't even Adam Gates is probably like, well, he won the game. So what are you going to do about it?
0: They did not win that game. The Jets handed that, that game to them on a silver platter. Yeah. They, they, they picked terrible. off darnold four times and they lo- and they won by less than a touchdown.
1: Yeah, they couldn't move the ball at all on the jets defense. And the, just the fact I just mind boggling because now Kenyon Drake is basically uh the pass catching back, which I think bodes well for this matchup. But he's probably not going to get more than like eight carries because the dolphins are just it's it's like Adam Gase is drunk coaching every <laughs> week. It makes no sense, dude. And it's it's just Every week we say the same thing because it's that ridiculous, but... It is crazy. Like, going away. are you going to use the talent? Especially not a good team. Like, they're just a team that's trying to develop their young youth, or at least should be trying to develop their youth. Like, Drake should be getting every snap.
0: I don't understand. You've seen this before with them, like, Lamar Miller was they refused to give him the touches that he deserved, and then he left, he went to Houston, and he became a really good, solid back for three, four years to the point where he's still pretty good. Now, he's not the back he used to be, but he's still a viable back on a team that's probably destined for the playoffs. So, I mean, it's, it, I don't know. The Dolphins have been making stupid decisions their entire, their entire franchise and On the
1: history. topic of Drake, uh, Dolphins are probably going to lose this game. They lose games to good teams. And in their losses... Uh, Drake has 95, 87, and 115 yards. As Michael said, he's the pass catching back. So I do like Drake this week as RB2.
0: Okay. Michael, how do you feel about Drake?
1: Yeah. Um, despite the lack of actual rushing touches, I agree with Jason. I think he's a solid low-end RB2. <laughs> uh,
0: let's move over to the Packers side. Ger- Geronimo Allison is now on the IR officially so that means Marquez marquez valdez scantling or as he's known to as the kids mvs uh who has been wildly productive either has 100 yards or a touchdown each of the past four weeks um he's now cemented as that number two wide receiver uh for those of for those people who picked him up off the waiver wire good job you have yourself a number two wide here for the rest of the year uh i love me some mvs uh not only this week but rest of the season
1: yeah yeah I mean, I'm just gonna repeat what I said preseason with Allison when I seemed to be the only person who was on him, the number two option for Aaron. Arden hey, we were all we were with you. We
0: were all with you on this show, at least. But not the other people out there in the world.
1: That's gener- That's generally what I mean when I say I'm the only
0: one. Oh, okay, good. You know, yeah, uh, bros represent. I'm not bro- the only one.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Allison was a wide receiver three for you when he was healthy, and now MVS is stepping into that role. And he's done it the last four weeks, at least 100 yards or a touchdown. So that's someone that you want on your team. And I think that you can fire him up confidently this week as well. Uh, Devontae Adams, you shouldn't try away of because Avian Howard, I mean, he's been putting up numbers against good defenders all year. I think that, let me just hop over to the other team real quick. Uh, Danny Amendola, he's an unevent, uneventful wide receiver three, but he is a wide receiver three with Osweiler every game. So there's that michael uh yeah basically everything jason said for the receivers holds true over here too devontae adams he has struggled not struggled but struggled as a high-end wide receiver one term the last couple games i think he bounces back you can't expect
0: i agree you can't expect him to be amazing every single game struggle is one way to put it another way to put it is he's been a Low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they, uh Aaron Rodgers said he wants to get more targets to Adams as well. So there's that. Uh, Aaron Jones, though, again, it's just he seemed to take over the rushing attack for the Packers, and then he went and lost a fumble. So I'm I'm curious to see how that affects the attack this week because they are in a absolute dream matchup against Miami, and once again. Aaron Jones had 14 rushes, 76 yards. Every time he gets the ball, he runs for. He's averaging six yards a carry on the year, which is not easy to do. And uh, Jamal Williams has been out carried 26 to 11 by Aaron Jones the past two weeks. So clearly, Jones is trending up. Aaron, Aaron Jones, a, he's
0: the pass catching back
1: at this point as well. He set a season high in snaps and touches last week. Yeah, so I'm really hoping that Mike McCarthy doesn't do some. Stupid shit about, Oh, you lost a fumble and well, Now you're not going to play. Cause I'm Mike McCarthy and I suck as a head coach,
0: Michael, you and your voice that you make for everybody.
1: <laughs> you don't think that's how Mike McCarthy would sound. Oh, I'm not playing you. You fumbled.
0: Well, he did trade a guy who, who fumbled. So you never know.
1: Well, that was uh, definitely different circumstances.
0: Uh, anyway, Oh, Jimmy Graham. We can't go without talking about Jimmy Graham. He's been kind of emerging. He had a big week last week. Uh, caught a touchdown, but also was involved in the middle of field a little bit. Uh, how you guys feeling about Jimmy Graham?
1: I mean, he's a mid-tight end. The one, basically every week, solid matchup this week against Miami. So if I have him, I'm firing him up. Jason. Yeah. Same.
0: Excellent. All right, let's go on to the next game: Cowboys at Eagles Sunday
1: night. That's not it's the Sunday night. Yeah,
0: that's not the theme song at all. Um, so we have the Cowboys at Eagles in an AFC East matchup. Let's start with the Eagles side, just because uh, I want to. Um, I want to know about Golden Tate uh, first of all. What do you expect out of Golden Tate in his first game with the Eagles? He did have a chance to get acclimated with the offense during the bye week. And do you think this hurts Zach Ertz now that they have such a good, uh, you know, possession guy in the slot?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I think Ertz still remains d- doing Zachert's things. If anything, I think Ertz will, if he, say he loses a target or two, it'll, if he'll make up for it with, uh, with the depth of the target, I feel like he'll be used more downfield if Tate is going to be used underneath more. I just think that the Eagles, the whole offense is going to be a great play this week because – they they're coming off a bye. They're at home against a division foe who just scrubbed it up against the tight ends. I think they're going to come out and just dominate the whole game, in my opinion. So I like Ertz. I like the only guy. I I mean I like, you no. Know, well, basically just Ertz and Tate as like a wide receiver three. I I'm iffy on Alshon Jeffrey because he's going up against Byron Jones, who has been basically the best cornerback in the league all year.
0: Silently, silently the Cowboys have possibly the best duo of corners that don't get talked about at all.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely a tough matchup for Jeffrey, but like I said, coming off the bye, a a Cowboys team that just lost a bad game just lost Sean Lee again. So, I mean, I think they're – I think they have a – I think they win pretty easily.
0: I won't bore you with the numbers at this point. I'll just let you know that the Cowboys – a defense with and without Sean Lee is night and day. Uh, they go from a bottom, a top five defense to a bottom five defense when he when he leaves. So that's the quarterback of the offense. Imagine, uh, imagine Aaron Rodgers not playing for the Packers. You know what? Imagine you saw it last last year. That's what it is when Sean Lee doesn't play middle linebacker for the Cowboys. But uh, even
1: when- shout out to I mean, Vander Esch though, he's a beast.
0: Yeah, he is. That was a good pick. No one one knew what to expect out of that pick, and it ended up being a really good pick.
1: Even with Lee healthy, though, these last couple weeks, the Cowboys have given up a lot of fantasy points to uh, basically whenever they face a good quarterback, they've been giving up points. Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson all put up over 20. Mariota finally put up over 20 against them. Uh, So Carson Wentz, who's been getting better and better every week, coming off a bye now. I think you have to fire him up as a high-end QB one. Uh I also think that Alshon Jeffrey Jeffrey's put up wide receiver one numbers in every game except for when he played Xavier Ramsey. Rose and Jalen Ramsey. So he is not matchup proof. But I think it's be a good matchup to see how Byron Jones fares against Jeffrey. Uh I'm I'm confident in him this week.
0: Uh anyone else on the Eagles you'd like to talk about? Let's well, so talk obviously about obviously the, the backfield. We haven't talked about backfield. So yeah, we had we had a four-headed monster: Josh Adams, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, and the return of uh, Darren Sproles this week. If Darren Sproles does return, I think that relegates Wendell Smallwood to bench status. So I don't think you got to worry about him. Um, Corey Clement has been probably the weakest running back uh, of the bunch, so that opens the door for Josh Adams. So two weeks ago, you are looking at a, a platoon of of Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood, and this week you're looking at a platoon of Josh Adams and uh, Darren Sproles. It, it, are you? Can you even trust a thing from that backfield?
1: No, I mean Josh Adams is the running back. I guess you're gonna call it, even though they're all running backs. It seems he had the most touches the last time they played, but you know Clement's gonna get touches. Smallwood probably Sproles gonna get passing work. I don't want to touch any of these guys to be honest. It's it's just messy.
0: Sproles is my dart throw of the week. Bang bang. If you say so. Um all right. I like let's...
1: I like Josh Adams the best of the bunch. But yeah, I don't I wouldn't really want to trust any of the guys.
0: Our last game on the docket Giants at 49 United. You gotta talk it...
1: about the Cowboys. You oh we didn't came...
0: so Damn, fun. I came so close. So close. Damn it. Uh, let, let's actually talk about the Cowboys, though, because that's the team I actually wanted to talk about. Um, Amari Cooper. How about him? He They were forcing in the ball. He looked good. He looked like a, a player that they need out there. Listen, you know um, what he
1: looked like? He looked like himself. He looked like a guy who can take advantage of bad cornerbacks. And Malcolm Butler is one of the worst cornerbacks in the league. And Cooper put up a touchdown against him. And sure, he had five catches, 50 yards, whatever. Fine. Okay day. He's still not a person who's going to perform against better competition. But with that said, this week against Philadelphia, he's probably a decent play. Yeah, I was gonna Philly say Philly is yeah. not better competition.
0: Yeah, at all. No, they're quite, probably some of the weakest corners in the league. The Eagles, they're gonna have to get to that because last year their weak corners were kind of um, covered by the fact that they had Patrick Robinson in the slot, who was one of the best slot corners in the league. And they had a great pass rush. That pass rush hasn't been as great this year. And they they lost uh, Patrick Robinson, obviously. So um, not the greatest secondary out there. Michael, do you have anything to add about this?
1: Uh, yeah, I think Coop, you could use him as a wide receiver three this week. They clearly wanted to get him involved early last week, but then they just like kind of shied away from him down the stretch, which was strange because he was the only one making plays for that offense. But that's what you expect. The Cowboys have one of the most vanilla offenses of all time. They're either just going to hand it off to Zeke, throw a screen to Zeke, or just run a streak or slant on the sideline. Like, it's it's really not fun to watch at all. So, I Jason,
0: mean, you you mentioned Dak Prescott as a streaming option in the first show. How do you feel about him now that you have a chance to talk about it? Uh, that was me. Oh, Michael, you mentioned Dak. I was
1: going to say, I, I said I prefer Bortles. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily saying to to stream Prescott. I just prefer him over Blake Bortles.
0: What about any other pass catching options? The Beasles?
1: No, he hardly had any work last game. He just he got his first reception like five minutes left in the game.
0: All right, so are we ready to move on to Monday night now? We it's talk Monday about
1: night. All right, let's talk about Zeke, guys.
0: And then you start Zeke. I mean, all right. So look, I mean, Zeke, is, Zeke is is having, having
1: a, a running back probably the lowest I've ever ranked him ever since he came into the league.
0: He's having a hard time, but he who could blame that? Offensive line's in shambles. The there's no passing game to speak of. He's getting met in the backfield. Like I I don't have this stat in front of me, but I wonder what his yards before contact are this year. I'm actually going to look it up as you guys talk about him. But Michael, what what is your thoughts on Zeke?
1: Uh, he. He's in a pretty disappointing first round draft pick this year. He is not the usual, the last two years of Zeke, where you're guaranteed 20 points. He's just That's just not how the Cowboys' offense is going. So I don't feel great about starting Zeke as an RB1 this week. I think he, he's more of a back end RB1. But I mean, if you have him, you, you have to start him more than likely. Jason? Yeah, uh I mentioned that I haven't ranked tenth this week. I think that uh the Eagles are allowing I mean, they're allowing the least amount of rushing yards in the league to running backs. Um he struggled, and if you look at Zeke's home and road splits, he struggled on the road. This is a road game for the uh, Cowboys. So I wouldn't be surprised to see another down game for Zeke.
0: Uh no, I couldn't find the stat before we moved on uh not not as important but check back on our twitter and i'll put that stat up because now i'm really intrigued about his yards before contact and how how much is actually his fault and how much is it he's getting hit right off the line um so let's go now to the monday night football game uh whether you guys like it or not we're doing it right now um the giants at the 49ers in the yuckiest matchup in the history of yuck uh let's start Let's start with the Giants because OBJ and Saquon Barkley, despite the fact that this offense is completely useless, are wide receiver one and running back one every single week. Imagine if they had a quarterback that was anywhere close to
1: competent. Yeah, OBJ's put up more than 130 yards in three of his last four games. Uh, him and Barkley are bulletproof. Even when Barkley struggled to reach 50 rushing yards in his last few games, he's still been a running back one thanks to his receiving. And touchdown prowess. So, you fire him up confidently. The people I want to talk about are Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. Because I've always said, when Ingram is back, Shepard is useless. And guess what? Ingram came back and Shepard has been useless. So, I don't want to people, see people starting him as wide receiver 2 or 3, even with buys. I don't think Ingram should be started either. I don't care if it's a good matchup. Both of them together on the field. With Elon Manning throwing the ball, just makes for a bunch of terrible useless, fancy production. I mean, I'm okay with Evan Ingram as a low-end tight end this week. It is San Francisco 49ers talking about. They do not have a good defense by any means. Sterling Shepard, too. One of them, more than likely one of them is going to have a touchdown or a decent enough game to start. You just never know which one. It usually ends up being Evan Ingram, so that's why I'm leaning towards him. But OBJ and Saquon Barkley are the only must-starts in this game
0: um all right so let's go over to the 49 ers side Nick Mullins Nicky makes, makes his debut uh as the starting uh quarterback like for real for real um had a great game but I I went back and watched the tape and although he made a couple nice throws and I can't take anything away from him the, they were wide open like the Raiders completely just gave up and Nick Mullins st- like carve them up on some wide open stuff. And you think about how good CJ Beathard was in his first few starts. He did start to, you know, go back to CJ Beathard as the, the days went on. Um, What is the change to Nick Mullins mean for these uh, San Francisco offensive weapons? Let's start with Matt Burita in the backfield. He seems to have that backfield all to himself. Now with Robert Mostert out and Alfred Morris basically becoming an afterthought. Uh how do you feel about Matt Burita this week?
1: So uh first, Nick Mullins did not throw a single pass into tight coverage last week, so you were very right about that one. And second of all, his name is Raheem Monster, not Robert. No idea where he got Robert from, Tim. You know but, um, <laughs> Yeah. It's like and then uh third and lastly, Matt Burita, I guess he's finally healthy. He, they haven't talked about an injury yet this week. So
0: a as a Matt Breida owner, hallelujah.
1: Time will tell, but I highly doubt he's actually healthy yet. The last three weeks he put up negative .5, 4.2, and 5.2. So it has not been smooth sailing for Matt Breida, but he gets the Giants who are not a threatening defense, and I do expect them to try to use Breida a lot. In the rushing and passing game, so I do think he's a solid RB two. But if he has another bad game, then he's 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 running out of time to continue being fantasy useful. But I think he he does bounce back this week.
0: Jason, how do you feel about Breida?
1: Yeah, uh, so just 49ers overall. I don't think the Nick Mullins change does much. I feel like. As much as we were all talking about Nick Mullins and loving what he was doing, no one really thought this guy is an all-star and he's going to change the Niners. It was just fun. Hey, so don't disrespect the man. Come on, it was just fun. I hope so, he goes out there and throws another four touchdowns. All right, yeah, fine.
0: Doesn't he look like um our like second cousin, um, what's his name from Florida? Like not our blood cousin, but Caddy's cousin. Does he kind of look know. like him?
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, that's a I'm just gonna talk, about Matt, yeah, talk uh, about Matt Breida. Yeah, <laughs> talk about Matt Breida with Monster. Uh, not around anymore in ten days to heal up. I like Matt Breida a lot as play this week against a terrible Giants team, and I think that he was putting up double digits every week before. Before um, he like started playing with a torn ACL every week. So I think that Brita is—he's gonna have a coming out party again this week.
0: What about the pass catchers? Uh, besides George Kittle, who you have to start—like that's an obvious start. Um, is there any patch cat pass catchers in this game that you're looking at for the Niners?
1: No, not really. Uh, one, if I had I to start one, I'd go Garcon. Really, Garcon over Goodwin? Yeah. What is Goodwin done? What is Garcon done? He catches long touchdowns. Garcon at least Garcon is a possession receiver. He'll get you eight points this is what i'm talking about people remember
0: when, when back when i talked about um like these people that you're starting just know the expectations that you have for them because it's the difference between starting a guy like pierre Garcon who's going to get you eight points you're gonna be happy with it or starting a guy like marquis goodwin who can get you 25 or five or three so um obviously you're, you're firing up george kittle as we said before uh is that it are we done is it time I think so. Seems
1: all like all right,
0: it. Jason. Where can they find you,
1: Jason Petrop.
0: Michael, at
1: Mike you? underscore Petrop.
0: and you can find me on all social media. Uh, med-
1: t- that. Tim Petrop on
0: all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. Uh, some plugs. Don't forget to check out at Veterans Minimum, uh, for your weekly sports fix. Also at Brodo Fantasy for anything you need now if you ask us advice we will get back to you period now it's not like when you're you at matthew barry or whatever the hell and they don't answer you no we're gonna answer you and we're gonna give you better advice than them and i'll say it with a bold face i don't care i'll say it right to i'll, I'll say it right to all their faces um james bradbury and then um <laughs> and then brodofantasy.com if you want to see our rankings our rankings uh, are up Yeah, a lot of the time, like if you guys ask a question like, who should I start over this person, over this person, you have a cheat sheet right in front of you. You see exactly how we feel about these players this week. Um, So go check it out. BrotoFantasy.com is the place to check that out. And until next week, we'll see you later.
1: Later.